Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode, and you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. You can send us your questions on Twitter with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also have an email address, tooembarrassed at recode.net. Reminder, there are two R's and two S's in embarrassed. My regular co-host, Lauren Good from The Verge, couldn't join us today because she's busy making YouTube videos or something like that. And while this script says it made me sad for 30 seconds, it didn't at all. Then I remembered I could easily replace her. So I'm delighted to have Recode Senior Commerce Editor Jason Del Rey back on the show because he is so much better than Lauren. Hi, Jason. I will not confirm nor <laughs> deny that, but thanks for having me. No problem. Um, so you had just had a fantastic Code Commerce conference. I really enjoyed it and learned lots of things about commerce, and the guests were amazing. But one of the things that happened at the conference is everybody talked about Amazon because that's what you have to do in commerce today. So today we're going to talk about Amazon's continuing push into hardware and the power of Amazon because that was a big topic at your event. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Um, first about their power, and then we're going to talk specifically about their hardware push. Sure. So obviously, a lot of conversation going on all across the U.S. around tech companies, power, how they use it, how they control it or not. So you know, there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people out there who who wonder whether Amazon has too much power right now. You know, that's obvious. You know, their the argument on their side would would be e-commerce is only let's call it ten to fifteen percent of overall retail spend in the U.S. Still to this day, which is what's the number? What's the big number? I want to say that the e-commerce part is three hundred or three hundred to four hundred billion, mm-hmm. and so you can do the math. Yeah, on the uh, on the trillions, and so you know, even when you know the Whole Foods acquisition went through, you know. Their pushback there on why that should be a no-brainer and be allowed was, you know, combined market share and grocery was just two percent. But the question still remains: as e-commerce becomes a bigger part of retail industry, everyone's shopping behavior, and as Amazon branches off into physical retail, do sort of the the old school ways of looking at power and market uh, share and market dominance still hold and. I don't have an answer other than I think it's these are fair fair questions to be asked right now. But people do. They sort of have this sort of – just the way Walmart was dec- a decade or more ago, the boogeyman. Like Amazon can kill anybody. They can do anything. And, of course, they're talking – President Trump is talking about it. Uh, congressional people are talking about it. They're not in the crosshairs like Facebook, Google, and Twitter right now, but it's there. It's definitely there. It's there, and you know, there people have very different opinions about whether something you know big is coming their way. They're they're definitely paying attention. I think we've both probably have personal experiences with sort of the company um, keeping a very fine eye on what's being said yeah. out there and what the narratives are. Yeah, they call you right um, away. They call you right away. And I think that shows they are concerned. Mm-hmm. And I think you know we see sort of. Every couple of weeks when there's either some speculation or some reporting around the new market they may enter, you know, competitions, you know, there are billions of dollars of stock move in a day. You know, there were there was recent reports around Amazon perhaps getting into um, selling prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. There was a great report which uncovered they have wholesale pharmacy licenses, um, I think, or have applied for them in at least a dozen states. We, we at Recode, uh, you know, we, we immediately looked at competition stock and sort of all the big competitors dropped that day. And so that, you know, that happens with several big tech companies, but mm-hmm. Amazon is moving in so many different directions that it just feels like this is a type of power we haven't seen in a really long time. Absolutely. But let's talk about where they're moving into a lot of places. And one of these places they're moving into hardware. And, uh, you know, I have an Echo. Um, we talked about their virtual assistant Alexa, which is found in that Echo product line. So let's talk about the Alexa platform first, because that was their first successful foray. They've been into phones before. They they obviously were in the readers, in the reader area. Um, talk a little bit about where the Alexa platform is right now. Sure. So um, it's... It, it's really funny to look back at, you know, you mentioned the phones and, you know, phones and Echo and Alexa all, all sort of came out in sort of the same period of time. And, you know, after the phone flop, you know, there, there, was, a lot, there was a lot of movement inside the organizations at Amazon that made these devices and worked on them. 
And it, it's really remarkable now to see sort of history rewritten based on the success, and, and rightfully so in a lot of ways, based on the success of Alexa and Echo. Um, but there were a lot of people whose, whose jobs, you know, seem to be at risk from the outside who have now stayed and are, are thriving because of the success of the platform. So early days, still only, I think it's three years in from uh, the Echo launch. Um, they are clearly the market leader at this stage, which s- still seems like early days. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you see young children in houses that have these devices talk and communicate with them, let alone right. the adults. But you just watch. I watch my, you know, my four and a half year old. It's very clear why this it, a lot of people look at this as sure. sort of the future of computing. Mm-hmm. And so where they're at right now is, you know, they've just came out with a bunch of different Alexa-powered devices. Right. Uh, there's the Echo Spot, the Echo Plus, Echo Buttons. Uh, yeah. A couple months earlier, the Echo Show, the Echo Look. The so show, my take yeah. on this was— I saw while, a commercial for it last night. I, I, it looked very— I mean, they are, they are they're leaning, in, leaning in pretty hard with TV advertising, mm-hmm. national advertising, sporting events. Um, you know, I think they— We've seen them either in the World Series or Championship Games, uh, AWS being advertised. Um, what I think this is about right now is there's a lot of things that work well with the with Alexa. You know, we use it still for music and weather. Still seems like there aren't sort of the super killer killer apps that make these must haves. Right. And so I looked at the different devices as different ways to push different use cases. Uh, for the Echo, and then study that behavior and maybe then decide maybe this portfolio slims down a bit in the future, but really to try to push different behavior and see... See um, what happens. See what happens. See what happens. Now, they were first out of the gate. They really were first out of the gate in these things, and for a while. Now Google obviously has its its offerings. Microsoft has its. Apple has their Siri. Michael Scortana. And and Google uh, also, at the same time, has an advertisement for... Echo Show, I think it was. Google's a little tiny thing. Their little small one Kate, was a big commercial for that. Um, they're doing a yep. heavy amount of advertising. So talk about the, yep. the competition because they're doing this in the face of enormous competition. And Apple has a device too, although it hasn't been super aggressive in the market. But, you could, you know, they all are going to – there's going to be at least three to four of these. Yeah, so it's – you know, this has been talked around about in, te- in sort of – uh, voice voice industry circles, but Siri's been around a real you know much much longer, yeah. and um, they just they just missed on this. Mm-hmm, I mean, they totally. they missed, and we'll we'll see. You know, they're going slightly up market with a more expensive device. I think they think will appeal to um, people who really really care about super, you know, about about great quality sound quality. Um, mm-hmm. And so we'll we'll see what happens there. But but the Google thing is is very interesting. Um, it's become clear that Amazon is having a big effect on products, sort of the market for product searches. So this is, you know, when people go online, where do they start searching for a product? Mm-hmm. And there's some third-party data that's showing, I think, more than more than half of U.S. internet users now start on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, and Google share, I'm, I'm going to forget the exact percentage, but let's, they're let's worried. say somewhere That's why around they're making friendships. 20, That's why they're making so, so many retail friendships. Exactly. So in a world in which, you know, if voice, you know, starts carving out pieces of uh, online commerce, not only does that help Amazon, but it hurts Google uh, even more so in product search. Right. Uh, and so they've been, you know, Joining up, trying to get retailers on board in what I was calling, you know, an anti-Amazon alliance. Mm-hmm. They're working with Walmart to allow Walmart products to be ordered um, via voice. And they're saying they're working with these retailers in other ways related to technologies that they haven't yet talked about. I, I speculate maybe augmented reality uh, work they can do together. And so I think they're really, it's sort of, you know, they're they're looking at retailers. Retailers are looking at them as our best bet to try right. to not For let Google this. Is. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just yep. had lunch at Google, and that's all they talked about was shopping. It was like we're going to do and how they're going to help them fight Amazon. I think that was a big topic um, among them, but not at Apple. Apple was talking about AR. And people at Apple were talking about a, uh, AR versus anything else, and not these voice platforms, which was. But I guess AR is kind of a voice platform. You know, I will say, you know, when it comes to Whenever we have these new technologies, you're always looking for what's not the gimmick, mm-hmm. like what just, you know, what isn't just marketing. Mm-hmm. And so 
there have been a lot of, just in the past year, a lot of use cases where augmented reality for um, e-commerce makes a lot of sense. Yeah, just today, for sure. Just today, as we're taping this, Amazon finally added augmented reality feature to their main shopping app. So you mm-hmm. can see uh, how it looks in the room. Using, using your phone, see how, you know a vase or a couch looks in your home. These things are are far from perfect right now, but I think oh, even yeah. if they can move even if they can move conversion rates, I don't know, 5-10% for some of these sure. big companies, that's a lot of added revenue that right. that was being lost. And explain that. Um, you IKEA had it had one of the first more successful ones. What explain to people right. who don't know. So so the reason why we're seeing more of these features um, is because Apple has built a platform called ARKit that sort of allows developers not to have to start from scratch building their own AR technology. So they're building on top of AR kit and more easily adding features um, to their existing, some cases their existing apps, just talking in the home and furniture category. You mentioned IKEA. There's also House mm-hmm. has, has a feature in their app now. Wayfair, which is a fast-growing public company that sells furniture online, they have one in their app. So it seems like this is one of the areas where it's more than a gimmick. You actually can see the benefit to the right. to the consumer, which seems like it should always be the reason why technologies are built, but we often see that's not the case. Absolutely. All right, let's break it down for people who don't really understand what these devices are. Um, and again, Google has several. Microsoft, do they have a device? They have a... Do they have a no? Well, they have so they have so they Cortana. have Cortana, yeah. which um, works on device, which is available, which is available through. Um, through their own operating systems, mm-hmm. and so you can get to it on, you know, laptops or, right. or you know, other Microsoft devices. Um, and and Cortana and Amazon are actually working together. It seems really clunky right now, mm-hmm. but you know, the a lot of these companies, at least Amazon, keeps saying we're happy to work with all these, you Siri. know, digital assistants. Yeah, because we think there's going to be different use cases. Right. So the cur- the current construction is you have to say something like Alexa. Uh, Start Cortana. Uh, you use yeah. I, I don't know the exact keywords, but you know something like call yeah. Cortana, and they think you know in that case you might be able to have great integrations with Microsoft's uh, email clients, which are which a ton of people look. Right. And Cortana calling to Alexa can help with you know purchasing, uh, which is you know Amazon is hoping is a main yeah. use case Anything of Alexa. To get people to buy. So yeah. th- I mean, I have a hard time seeing Siri getting involved. With these others or Google and like Google and Amazon, like just not how you know, yeah. no matter what they say, they won't do it, it's just together, not yeah. going to happen, right? So it's, it's a lot of you know, f- still feeling out um, where everyone's uh, sort of lanes are. But people, Alexa is something a lot of mainstream Americans now know, mm-hmm. and and okay, uh, Google, they, and okay, Google, which is and uh, Google too, you yeah, know, I true. you know, I see it. I have plenty of family members who are not early adopters, and I would say in a ton of their homes, going up and down sort of socioeconomic grades, um, you know, I've been, I've been surprised over and over again how many homes I'm, I've seen have either an Amazon or or a Google, Google device. Right. So let's talk about the uh, the Amazon ones, the Alexa devices. Um, they were announced earlier this year, like the Echo Look and Echo Show. Explain the difference and and what and why they're different and why are they making so many different ones? Yeah, I'm still surprised by how many they're making, but yeah. I'll I'll try to run through with some logic yes, briefly, or okay. uh, my best guess. Echo Look is still, I believe, invitation only, and that is one that the main one. It does all the regular things that Alexa does: read you, you know, weather, news, music, all that. But the main additional use case is there's a camera in it, and it's supposed to give you advice, either help you keep track of your outfits or uh, give you advice and help you choose which of two outfits uh, look best on you, and then mm-hmm. recommend recommend outfits or recommend clothing to you. And so Mm -hmm. there's a couple of quick pieces to this. One is um, Amazon continues to want to get big in fashion. They're big right now in apparel when it comes to basics, but Mm -hmm. sort of fashion, contemporary fashion, they still have a long way to go. And so this is one way for them to get more data, I think, on what people are wearing. Um, Another thing is they're developing more of their own in-house brands. So I think this is a way to push that. I laughed at first when I heard of this. Right. Um, I asked 
I've asked a bunch of women just around me in the office, and they said the the idea that you could just have something that organizes, lets you know what you wore when, especially mm-hmm. for people who go into an office every day, is somewhat useful if you were going to buy an Alexa device anyway. So that's right. one. Yeah. Um, there's the Echo Show, which mm-hmm. has a screen on it. I looked at that as, you know, there's voice shopping is still very uh, early stages. One of the issues is if you're not just reordering something that you already know exactly what you want, the idea that you might, that you'll just buy something by voice without seeing it, I think is sort of an obstacle they recognize. So now with the Echo Show, you could talk by voice and then see it. Uh, They also think people ask to pull up recipes. And so while they're cooking and don't want to touch something, uh, touch a book. That's what they were doing on the commercial. They were doing that on the commercial. Which I always um, like to see what they think it is. Right. What, what their marketing message yeah, is, right? Yeah, what their message and, is. The recipes. Right. Another, another use case which um, led to some controversy in the industry was for voice calling. Mm-hmm. And so you could call other people who have a device or do video yeah. calls with other people who have the same device. They had invested in a company who had built its own sort of tablet to do that very thing. Mm-hmm. And then they came out and the marketing of that device was all about communication. Mm-hmm. And so um, that startup was not very happy. Amazon defended their choices saying the startup knew what was coming. But for for a couple of weeks that was a that was a big story. And then we have the you know the newer the newer slate of devices. The Echo Plus, which is has a uh, smart home uh, technology hub built into it, so it makes it easier to set up, you know, lighting systems, smart lighting systems, and voice-controlled he- heating systems without uh, a bunch of different gadgets. So that one, I think, is around $150. They brought down the price of the traditional Echo, and they redesigned it, and that one, I think, is 90, around 99 Yeah, they're cheaper. Or they're really now. amazingly cheap. You know, this is the thing. They're they're. We've long seen with Amazon, if they could just break even on the hardware, you know, they're not, they look like a hardware company, but they're not a hardware company. Right. It's not about that. Neither is their their shows. Their shows are about selling paper towels. I get that. I I think most people get that. But before Alexa, they really did. Jeff Jeff Bezos has always had an interest in hardware, for sure. You know, besides his own personal space and rocket and plane thing, they were very aggressive in hardware, in, in fire phones, tablets, everything else. And it just was a disaster. Is that Fair is that a fair assessment? Well, well, I think e-readers have done exceptionally well. Yes. Obviously, over time, you know that the fire, um, <clears throat> the fire tablets, uh, they had this idea that they could go high end and sort of compete with the i with the iPad, and that that didn't really work out. That said, you know they have a ton of different price points now that are super affordable and. You know, they do six packs now of like $50 tablets. Mm-hmm. And and especially, I, I see it in sort of school-age children. If you can get a child a tablet that works pretty well for 50 bucks, like yep. I, I think they're having, it <clears throat> It feels like they're having success there. Of course, they don't share numbers, so um, it's hard to it's hard to say definitively. But the phone was considered, considered not a great. The phone was a disaster. That. Yeah. Yep, phone was, a, phone was a disaster. I mean, they... People thought they might try to compete and and go like disrupt the pricing model. They didn't. It was expensive. It had some you know interesting stuff like Firefly, which was a technology that let you just I guess point your phone at at different products and identify them. They had this three D uh, technology in it, but it just at the price point. I think at a different price point, maybe maybe it would have worked, but. They quickly cut the price, and it just it, – it was it was one of the biggest disasters I can remember yeah. sort of in my almost five years covering Amazon. But very they very quickly followed that with the Echo, and it sort of was yeah, quickly forgotten. 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 But that's okay. You know, Google's had a lot of losers. We forget about them. Has tons of – has it, and, and Apple has too. They all have – they all have a bunch if we start to – oh, that one and – and those, so I don't mind those failures. The I like five C, five C iPhone. Mm, yep. Whatever. There was a whole, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. There, Google has a ton of them for sure. So a lot of people like them now, and this obviously you said you know a success in Echo clears out a lot of sins of the past. Um, but there were reactions that were not so positive to their newly announced products, the Cloud Cam and the Key. Can you explain each of these? So the Cloud Cam is essentially a internet connected security cam, but Amazon Key 
is a combination of using cl- the ca- the camera with a smart lock on your front door to allow Amazon delivery people access if you if you so choose and if if your home is eligible to hmm. drop off a package so they don't get stolen inside in, inside your front door right. so they mainly so they don't get stolen is is sort of the sell mm-hmm. um, on Amazon side they all, you know they don't disclose the, exactly what this is but they also spend a lot of money um, making good on stolen packages for mm-hmm. people so right. I think that's that's one pe- big piece of this the other piece of this is they didn't launch with allowing for returns to happen this way but I would be very surprised if somewhere in the future, there isn't a way for you to leave an item inside your door if you're afraid of it getting stolen or if you live in somewhere where it's known to <laughs> packages are known to disappear um, and have this person come and pick it up without you needing to box it back up or bring it to a FedEx or a UPS. And so I think I think that'll I think that'll come. So the concerns, I mean, I, I can let you jump in, or I can keep going. The, no. the basic concerns are people in your house. Stranger in. Yeah, people, yeah, in, your people house. in your house. What yeah. happens to my pet? Right. Um, this big bad company, like they're more and more in, in you know, a piece of my life, and uh, it's invasive. I can load now. up my refrigerator without me wanting them to. Right. So sort of Walmart like actually U2 has you going on my iPhone. Like thank you, but no thank you, kind of thing. Yeah. So listen, the way I look at it is, if people can choose convenience. Mm-hmm. And they can afford it. They choose convenience. Yes, yeah, that's and true. And so some people look at this as Silicon Valley being super detached. Yeah, well, the, the, there was just – there was an opinion piece in the Washington Post, which is owned by Jeff Bezos, um, that the Amazon key was Silicon Valley at its most out of touch, comparing it to Soylent and Juicero. Interesting yeah. way to put it. I mean, what, one of the things that's um, – those are two companies that people think are silly. Um, as you know, I've always called – it's something that works here – uh, may not translate elsewhere. And I always call S- San Francisco assisted living for millennials. And so this is just another right. step. Like now we're going to, you're not going to just order. We're going to put it in your house. You're not going to just put it in your house. We're going to put it in your refrigerator. We're going to, so it sort of changed. It is kind of like these are solving problems that most people don't necessarily have. Right. So I see, you know, I read that piece, you know, a lot of valid criticisms of both mm-hmm. Juicero and Soylent and a bunch of others. Difference here, I think is that there are actually a ton of Americans all over the country in different yes. types of neighborhoods who have packages stolen. Mm-hmm. And so this is not something you're, you're opting into this if you want. Who knows if it takes off? I think, you know, I think initially if you're someone that has this issue and you were thinking about buying a digital or smart lock anyway, you know, maybe this makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe for a lot of people it doesn't. I think it's kind of crazy to lump this in with those, but mm-hmm. I see the convenience angle, um, like how lazy can we possibly get? Right. Um, but I think this is slightly different. I think this is, I don't want my, can I yeah. curse on this? No. Yeah, oh, please do. I don't want my shit stolen. Yeah. I don't want my shit stolen. Yeah, fuck that. Um, Jesus. <laughs> what the yeah. hell? Yeah, so, there we go. That's so, all of them. <laughs> one, one more point on this, you know, on this thread is that I actually just recently wrote a piece about, you know, the big the big e-commerce brands that actually work in the US are those that are aimed at mainstream America and not sort of the Silicon Valley right. <laughs> consumer. Right. Um, and you know Stitch Fix and and uh, is one example, you know Chewy Dog Food Company, Dollar Shave Club, all of that. So I'm totally I, I totally think there is a Able Silicon Valley blind spot yeah. blind spot when it mm-hmm. comes to consumer products. Mm-hmm. I just think this is something some people will like and some I think people, people will do it. I do. I agree with you. I think people will do it. But in general, the the backlash is it a media backlash or is it a political media backlash and not a people backlash? Because no, people think, do listen, like Amazon. I like Amazon. I, I mean, they're one I mean, of the Amazon. It's sort of like you yeah. like Uber, even though you hate their CEO, for example. Like that's a lot of people say that to me. I, I, I like it better. I don't like that CEO, but boy, do I like the service kind of thing. So I think you know, by the estimates we we see of. Amazon Prime members, which, you know, anywhere from in the U.S., let's call it 50 to 80 million households. I mean, it's, it's a lot of people who like Amazon. So yeah. there are plenty of people who don't buy from them who think, you know, they've killed mainstream America. And, you know, I get it. But I think a lot of the backlash was around privacy. So mm-hmm. I think I think privacy is a topic that gets people worked up, as it sometimes should. And I think 
people are saying, wait, now we're giving this company access to my home. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how much more are we giving away? And right. so Amazon has tried to say, you know, the, the, the people, you know, the camera automatically goes on right before the lock is unlocked and it shuts off when the door is locked. Um, you can watch it live on your app. You can watch a copy of the video later. They do background checks on these people. I mean, I think in a world in which we get into the car with strangers, we sleep at strangers' homes with Airbnb. Yeah, you're right. And That's a fair point. I think some people won't like it, and I think some people are going right. to feel comfortable really with point. it. Yep, you're right. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because the stealing thing is interesting in certain places. I put out candy last night on Halloween, and someone stole the whole candy and the bowl. I felt, oh, I, I mean, we, we – yeah, my my wife and my and I ring learned, was not learned, close learned enough. Learned that lesson. Yeah, we watched the parent watch his kids take a, uh, <laughs> take a five five things each off of my sister's oh, no. porch. So yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Oh well, but in any case, it's definitely a different, an interesting time for all of Silicon Valley. And, and Jeff and Bezos and Amazon will definitely get their fail share. I mean, they're not at least they're not in the Russia hearings. But then again, they were, had a nice appearance in the sexual harassment controversy with the head of Amazon Studios. So none of these companies are yep. going to escape scrutiny going forward. I think. We're here with Recode Senior Commerce Editor Jason Del Rey talking about Amazon's push into hardware. Now we're going to take some questions from our readers and listeners, and then I have a few more of my own. Since Lauren Good is not here today, I will read the, all the questions, not just the first one. This is an email from David Immel. How do you guys think Amazon will convince the average consumer to buy into its system? I'm personally fine with the idea since it requires a camera, but the general consensus on the internet it seems to me it's creepy and no one will use it. This is the key in the cam, essentially. But we already let the... Echo in the echo's there. It's already made a beachhead in our house. But yeah, how do you? How, what's yeah, their convincing? There. How do they? What's the marketing of this? If you're Jason Del Rey, head of marketing at Amazon, how do you say? Sure, you want us to like creep around your house. I get scared every time <laughs> someone mentions. We promise Roy we Price work, won't be delivering it. How about that? <laughs> no Roy Price doing the livery. No, no comment. comment. You don't have to. I'm getting a call soon. Oh well. I think the straightforward and initial you know, push or logic is for people who are don't like where their packages are currently left today mm-hmm. for either, you know, weather reasons or theft reasons. And so I think that's a no-brainer. The other piece is people in the market for digital lock. You know, Amazon has said, not only can you let a delivery person in, but this, you know, this system could be used to let in dog walk. I think the examples they gave were dog, dog walker. Yeah, or, I know my dog walker. Um, cleaning person or I know my cleaning uh, person. family family or friends. I know uh, my family or so, friends. Okay, keep going. I yeah. don't like any so, of that marketing, Jason. Keep going. I, th- I think, yeah, I would be a terrible marketer, which yeah. is makes sense. If it was the um, same delivery person all the time, I might get to know them because I know my post guy, although he's a little creepy. But I'm trying listen, to think. I think, I actually think the returns piece, and I think for me, you know, I think that's, the piece. There's still a ton of stuff I don't buy online, not because I I just don't simply <laughs> want to return it. Mm-hmm. It's the it is work yeah. to f- find a box, package it up, and this isn't just. I don't think this is me being super high maintenance. I think yeah. it's. Lazy I think a lot of people. Thinking. Okay, well that works. <laughs> I, I just think I just think if this ends up including returns, I think that becomes... Yeah, interesting. I think that becomes an easier selling point. Yeah. Again, you you have to want to be willing to spend, I think the minimum combo price of the camera and lock is $250, and I mm-hmm. think it goes up into maybe close to 400 yeah. Um Not everyone's going to want to spend that, but digital locks are becoming more common. People are... I mean, that's probably not going to change. They're going to keep becoming more common. And so this is another option out there if you're a big Amazon customer and you're changing your lock. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next question. I, I would agree. I still think the, the hiding it behind the plant thing works for me, but that's a very good point. <laughs> Can't Amazon... Oh, I just told people what I did. Shoot. <laughs> no, but I don't hide it behind the plant. Yep. I actually have a cabinet. I have your I have your address right here. I have a cabinet to read with it out. a... I have a cabinet with a... Whatchamacallit on it. A, uh, one of those locker things. Can't Amazon just make... A ma- that, those are full. People are telling me those those lockers are super get super full. They're very popular. The ones where they put it in and you get it out with the combination. Yeah. Um, they're pretty great. They're pretty. They work pretty well. Can't Amazon just make a mailbox that works like the lock here, retrofitted outside of an existing house, and be pretty too? Could they talk about the locker concept and what it is and how it works? Sure. So Amazon has created 
a whole division uh, that makes Amazon lockers. Mm-hmm. Um, these are sometimes uh, located in convenience stores, sometimes located in apartment buildings more and more, and increasingly in Whole Foods stores now that they right. <laughs> have bought Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And so you can order delivery if you're not going to be home. Uh, you can order delivery to an Amazon locker, and then you you know, are able to get access to that locker one time and uh, to pick up pick up your item. So that's something they're sort of doing. This, the same team that worked on Amazon Key also works on Amazon Lockers. Right. I've seen patents that they've come out with that are or patent applications for crazy ideas of like compartments on city buses, mm-hmm. so that you could <laughs> if you take the same bus every day. I mean, they're thinking I, I, they're they're trying out a bunch of different things. They're, Amazon's known for letting internal teams with sort of similar goals compete with different methods mm-hmm. and think that's sort of the best thing to foster uh, the best product for in the end for for their customers. So I guess they could do that. This is also a way for them to get into the in-home camera market. Right. I was somewhat surprised they didn't come out with their own lock as well, but maybe that, I don't know if they thought that was the line that was too creepy right. um, to cross, but... It feels like we've gotten. You can also already. do a refrigerated thing too, because more groceries, you know, and go back to the old days, like the milkman. Well, they may, you know, Walmart. Walmart is testing mm-hmm. exclusively in Silicon Valley right now, of course. We um, need to get our things uh, some, right. Something where where someone's coming in and actually putting your groceries away. Yeah, I'm not letting them um, in either. Sorry, Walmart. I don't trust you either. Yeah. Jeez, fascinating. We're like such babies in this country. Anyway, now, you know, the thing is, and we still pump our own gas when that was a good thing, like people pumping our gas, that, and that went away. Uh, now we do not do that. Yeah, we I cannot know, that was do good. that in that New Jersey. That was okay. I was good with that. Like, oh, they have to pump your gas for you there in Jersey? Yes. Oh. They do. It's nice, isn't it? It's a nice little moment. Except when they're too slow, and then I get the evil eye noise. as I get out to oh. finish it up. Oh, yep. I see. Mm, can't just sit there for a minute and contemplate the universe. Nope. Please. Nope. Nope. All right. What data is Amazon getting keeping when you ask Echo questions? Yeah, when you ask them, like, they know, like, everyone has, like, there's probably 26 questions everybody asks, correct? Right. So they say, <laughs> so what Amazon says is, you know, how do you? Well, they don't say this. I say this. How do you, how do you think Alexa is getting smarter? It's getting smarter by listening and hearing and digesting and then combing through everything that everyone said. Mm-hmm. And so, if you go into your Alexa app, which probably not a lot of people do, you'll see all of your uh, queries there, and you can delete those. But Amazon, you know, Amazon's argument is. If you want this thing to get super smart and be really convenient for you, like we, this is, you know, all this voice data is what we need to make it smarter. Yeah. All right. Did I answer? I don't know if I answered the question. Yeah. yeah, I just feel like at some point they're going to go, when I ask them something, they're like, you don't want to know that, actually. And then they'll tell me what I want to know. You know what I mean? Like, and then then it'll be, I'll be in 2001 A Space Odyssey and I'll be dead. That's really what I think. It's creepy. It's creepy. It's creepy. Definitely is. I guess it's no more creepy than my mother, I guess. Anyway, it's an interesting question of what they're going to do with that. And obviously, they're using the information. That's the way Google uses query information. You know, Everybody is using this stuff. Everything you put in there, people, let me just be clear, you are fodder for these giant companies to make more money. I mean, thank you very much. Yeah, nothing's free. This is an ad nothing's for Kara Swisher understands this, and you don't. And you need to understand that you are nothing since th- back in the day of AOL. And that's what's really interesting that these companies are doing the same thing over and over again, which is you are the, you are what's for sale, not the stuff. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Go and ahead. is is the trade off? I yeah, mean, it's a good right. trade off. So it comes down to like, what is the trade off? It's a good, and it's a pretty good trade off. That's true. I get a lot of stuff. Um, one time when Steve Case was talking about uh, at AOL when he was the king of the universe, which is one good thing is there's these kings come and go. But when he was king of the universe, he said, I remember him saying, each we AOL, could use a queen. We could use a queen exactly. Thank you. That, I'm going to ask you that that in a second. He was like, everyone's worth seventy five dollars. You know, I think he was talking about every user of AOL is worth. That's how much money they make off of them. And I put up my hand and I said, when, I'm, when am I getting half of that? Like, since I'm the one for sale, like, right? Don't I get $30 of that? It was really, and I was wondering when they were going to pay me. We do need a queen. You wrote a, you wrote a book on them, didn't you? Two of you? them. Two of them, Jason. Let's not talk about that. Right. It was a different life. Okay. Anyway, you should write a book, Jason. I think you should write a book. You're such a wise person. And especially about this topic, you wrote recently about how not diverse Amazon's top ranks are with 17 of the top 18 executives 
being men, essentially. Um, so talk about that story and what the reactions have been, because I've gotten tons of reaction to it and, and, have, and have lauded your ability to point out something that is, should be obvious to one and all, that they just don't have a diverse rank. And it, if, it, it impacted, I think, this Roy Price thing, is that there was not a diverse enough group of people there. So actually, right before the Roy Price stuff broke, I don't, I don't know what had me thinking about it that day, but I'd just been thinking about the fact that it felt it felt to me like Amazon has sort of avoided the same level of scrutiny um, that some of the other tech companies have gotten over uh, sort of lack of diversity and powerful position or may, across the board, but especially in powerful positions at their companies. And so I start, you know, they don't they don't publish. You know they have they, they publish online the board of directors and the uh, officers of the company, but I knew that the team that really has uh, the most power below Jeff Bezos is his SVPs, and that's not public. And so I just spent a little time digging around trying to see. Besides, I couldn't think of any women who are at that level at the company, and uh, I realized that sometime in the last year, I believe they did promote a woman named Beth Galetti to uh, SVP, which is this uh, elite rank, and she runs human resources, which um, that's another uh, story which people sort of uh, thought was um, stereotypical. But in, in any event, then the Roy Price stuff happened, and I think this became sort of a, a bigger conversation inside Amazon because there was some thought that Amazon knew about this for a while, yeah. and perhaps the question was asked: perhaps if there were women in power, would he have had his job, kept his job for these right. last couple of years? Yes, that's a good. Question. And so, or the or the investigation, the first investigation would have resulted in a suspension immediately. That's really even correct. if they didn't know about correct. it, correct. they did then, and then he he got a, you know, it's the sort of the pass, the guy that gets the pass. Guys give other guys passes. That's the. Feeling. Correct. So, you know, you look at this SVP level below Jeff. Um, Jeff, he also has, there's also two other CEOs under Jeff. Yes. Uh, Andy Jassy, who runs AWS, and okay. Jeff Wilkie, who basically runs the re- the global retail business. Very smart dudes. And often often thought of as CEOs for other companies, too, by the way. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they could they could have their pick of a lot of places, mm-hmm. you would think. Um, but as, as, you know, when it comes to this SVP level, if you look across the board, these are people who have been working there with Bezos, you know, 10, 15, 20 years in some cases. Yeah, they and are. So, and so, you know, the, the New York Times that I sort of reported sort of this makeup of this top level around the same time, and the Times piece had some color from a recent all-hands meeting in which someone asked Bezos about this. And his response was something along the lines of, listen, like, turnover is slow at this level of the company. And so, you know, it didn't explicitly answer the question of why make sure well do you care what are you doing to make sure you know five years from now you're right where's you his know, pipeline conciliary look mm-hmm. different um where's the pipeline and so so i i've been told there are you know a lot of women and not only women there are a lot of men inside the company who are you know think a this isn't good for business especially when you come you know there's people who make the argument you know most consumers or women do a ton of purchases in mm-hmm. most households. Right. Um, you're a retail company at the core, so business sense, you know, doesn't mm-hmm. make a ton of sense. And there's also people who just think, you know, it's it's bad internal perception to yeah. women who look might look up and say, "I'll never get um, there." I'll never get there. Right. And then be, you know, talent wise recruiting. Right. Um, and so. And there, there is no movement. There's no movement there. It's, Facebook is similar. They, that whole gang's been together 10 years. Netflix is another company that's super cohesive and stable. And that's a good thing. That's, but it also makes a situation where everybody is, gives each other passes, no matter how you slice well, it. Well, you know, I, yeah, I, I refrained from responding to all the tweets I got about this story, <laughs> as you could probably imagine a lot, of, a lot of the ways they went. And, you know, one of the, ar- one of the arguments was, well, See why would you why would you fix something that's not broken? Yeah. The other side of the argument is, who knows where Amazon would right. be out today if they had a diversity right. of that opinion, background, and in, at that level. So, I agree. Yeah. So it's a good thing. He he, don't, he should be as thinking. The kids about. would say, "Don't at me. Don't at me. Don't okay. at Jason. He's tough on Twitter. You don't take any shit. Fuck that. Right. Oh, I just hear some more. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a really interesting question, and it's good to point out. I think we should always keep pressure on all these companies to think about this stuff. And, and one of my arguments is 
uh, you know, good for business. There's so many studies about this, blah, blah, blah. But there really is, like, I always say, well, it's the right thing to do. And everyone's like, well, that's not a good enough business. I said, no, it really is a really good, the right thing to do is often the right thing to do. Like, there's a reason why. Yep. Um, and it also does provide different, and not just uh, not just gender diversity, people of color, age diversity, you know, background diversity, geographical diversity. It's it always ends up being better. Completely. Always. I mean, the other other thing to point out, you know, we had we had a uh, recent visual published which looked at the makeup sort of of, of a bunch of tech companies going mm-hmm. down like one or two levels of mm-hmm. management. So this would for a company like Amazon or Apple. It came out to about 100 and 105 executives. And of the group uh, that we looked at, Amazon was, sort of had the mo- the highest percentage of uh, white males, um, yeah. which, again, not super surprising. You know, yeah. but it, it, it is very interesting to me why why sort of they haven't earlier been sucked into this conversation. Maybe, maybe it's partially the people who cover them to blame. I mean, I'll, I'll take some blame there. Yeah. I think also something has to do, it has to do with they're not in Silicon Valley. Yep, I mean, they have Seattle. a presence there, yeah. but they're Seattle based. And so Seattle's a different um, demographic for sure. it's, it's a slightly different narrative because they, you don't, yeah. they don't often get lumped in with Silicon Valley. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, it's I'm, a big topic. We're going to continue, to, gonna continuing report to report on it. It's a really interesting topic. And you know what? Jeff Bezos, this is good for you to hear. I'm sorry to tell you. You need to hear this. I know everyone says you're fantastic, but we like Yeah, to. he would not talk to me. I, that no. was my, no, my no, main no. request. It was talking to him for it. Do you but. know what? He used to be so chatty years ago. Never never would get off the phone. I'm just, it's fascinating how he's changed. He would be like, come visit. Why don't you come visit? And now he's like, as if he's like on a World riches man. Whatever. Or woman. I don't yep. care. Anyway, he should talk more. He will be. You'll see a lot of more friendly Jeff Bezos for sure out there because of all this possible issues around regulation. But one thing he's trying to do, speaking of friendly Jeff Bezos and friend to all and helper of the universe, the new Amazon headquarters search, which is they've done a good job making this sort of fun and interesting. Um, it's a great idea. I really have to say, I think it's smart. It's it's being done in a really fun way. It creates a lot of discussion around some good topics about jobs and, and where people should be located. But this new headquarters search, why don't we finish on that? Let's talk about and, that, and then the opposite of people going after them. I think it's a really good answer to that. So is it just PR or is it really an interesting way to think about their company? I, I think it's the latter. You actually. know, I was – so when I first saw this, my take was Ugh. I was I was surprised – well, I was surprised in this sort of environment right now where, where tech has come under a microscope, Amazon specifically. There's the question about power. I was a bit surprised that they – I assumed they knew what would happen, com- competition between all these cities. And what it displayed to me is sort of what se- feels like a, you know, power they, power imbalance between mm-hmm. the cities that want them and Because it discusses and Amazon, what you – tax breaks. Big, it brings up tax breaks. Big corporation. Giving up. My good, my good friend and colleague Peter Kafka very publicly on Twitter was like, hey, like jobs – Politicians love jobs. People love jobs. And hey, people love Amazon. A lot of people love Amazon. And it's a race. It's a fun race. It's like, like, you know, it's like one of those shows, right? It feels like a show to me. It does. And I think, you know, the part that's going to be very interesting is when we get down to it and see what the real, what the real deciding factors Mm -hmm. are. And Mm -hmm. if it, and if it is, you know, I think one of the top ones, and they've said it straight out Mm -hmm. is, what kind of you know benefits are they going to get mm-hmm. when it's tax breaks or otherwise? Sure. And then the story will, I, I think, whatever whatever region that is, there should be a ton of reporting over the and next yeah, few years about did they live up to it? Yeah. And so that's that's the big question for me. Yeah. I mean, up to there are a lot of cities that could use up to up to fifty thousand well paying jobs and sort of that burst of energy. That sure. would come but from it. But will they really benefit um, from it? That's the issue in San Francisco, that, well, too. Are they really, is right. it really helping the city or the city or wherever region? And now, let me just ask you a couple of quick questions about that. So are they thinking within Amazon about – I was thinking the other day. They've got to be thinking about they're, – they're, they're, I don't want to use the term liberal, but they're a very tolerant company, very like much like Silicon Valley. They don't want to get stuck in a state where they're going to have to walk out, right, that kind of stuff over – you know, they're very open-minded about um, gay and lesbian, transgender, well, things like yeah. that. It's funny. It's a conversation. Any any sort of business function I go to, mm-hmm. dinner or or drinks um, or otherwise, th- this is, search is coming up. Like, and, mm-hmm. and not only with tech people. And so, one thing that a bunch of people have said to me is, wouldn't they be real? Wouldn't it be really smart for them 
to go into a state or a city that really needs their help and maybe isn't, you know, a super liberal mm-hmm. place. Maybe they go into a maybe it's a red state. And I I just think when it comes down to it, Amazon's at its core, and this is where that how they've gotten where they've gotten mm-hmm. is going to do what's good for him. what's best for Amazon. Right. And so I'm not sure how much they they care about whether the what the perception is mm-hmm. of what city they what choose. City they and choose. so, so what are the criteria? What they get for themselves? Where they have access to transportation? They need great transportation, public transportation. They need um, good housing. Yeah, housing that isn't too expensive. They need talent. They need a ton of talent. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, places like Boston, um, which are the pool of mm-hmm. uh, colleges up there, are sort of are being bandied about as mm-hmm. as uh, for you know among other reasons as top contenders. Where do they make the decision? When are they making the decision? It's going to be next year. I don't know that they've given. I don't think and they've given specific. Who gets to do it? Is he like timing. Willy Wonka? And he's going to pick the kid who like it feels like golden ticket kind of thing. Like all the rest are going to come out like like a blueberry or whatever, and then Charlie. Yeah, Bucket I mean, will get I've it. I think there's probably like seven or eight top con- contenders that I'm looking closest mm-hmm. at. I could run through them yeah, super please. quickly. Just yeah, um, you know, I think Boston area, D.C., Chicago. Somewhere in Texas, perhaps Austin is the leader there. Atlanta, I'm trying to think who else I'm missing. Atlanta, Philadelphia, Toronto, and a lot of people are talking Denver. I I just it's too I close. just don't see I just I just don't see it. I yeah. just see I just think they're going to be somewhere central to East Coast um, mm-hmm. with already a, a big presence in a lot of in a lot of places. Yeah. Out west, yeah, and they want to have somewhere their employees want to live. They have, you know, very highly educated, but they're, where they're going, they'll be there, there, but they're going to move people and stuff like that. I'm going to tell you what my guess is. I have two. Pittsburgh. I didn't mention Detroit, but Pittsburgh. Go ahead. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. That's, yep. Nashville. Thank you. Those are my two guesses. And when they're right, I want okay. you to laud me with great. Yeah, I was going to say, what can I, what can I add to Let the? Let me have a bet. I'm going Pittsburgh. What are you going to bet? You're not allowed Cara. to bet, really, can you? Because you're writing about it. Get a guess. Um, you can bet. You can say. What is your bet? Today I would. They're not I'll go Boston. Boston. I'll go okay. Boston. All right. So you're. I'm Pittsburgh. You're Boston. All right. That's our topic. All right. All right. Yep. All right. We'll see what happens on this. It'll be. It's really going to be fun and interesting. I, they have made it fun. I, even I think it's fun. It's like. It really, I don't. They've been very good. It is PR, but it's it's a good use of PR. But you're right. We should really find out whether they really did bet. It's like stadiums or anything else that get these breaks and stuff like that. Um, whether yeah, I mean, really... stadiums. A lot of stadiums have been just an absolute joke. I think yeah. at least here they can point. They can point to yeah. sort of um, real, real big time hiring right. um, as one no like no brainer that you'll get from a jobs the jobs thing. But, yeah. All right. One last question. I'm going to ask you about Amazon. This is just me. What's their craziest sure. thing they're going to do? Like, are they going to have an airline, or is he going to like? Is he just going to jet off to the moon and see you later, Bezos? What What do you think the crazy thing they're going to get into? If you had to like, or what would you like to write about? I think an air transportation system, or buy Uber, or what? Like, oh, they could do that. That would be interesting. Um, yeah, buying Uber would be interesting for them. Uh, but just think of something really off crazy. I just thought of three things. So. That they're going to do. Oh wow! One well, thing that sh- in the well, one thing in the medium term that you think they're actually going to focus in on, and one term that would be really fascinating if they got into. Um, I think they'll probably buy another brick and mortar retailer okay. in the next few years. Um, but that's not that's not super crazy. Mm-hmm. I think the idea that we've seen, I think they're going to have like a full fledged cargo airline, and it makes people. I it seems crazy and sounds crazy, um, but. There's some people who think eventually, like when was the last time that the consumer or uh, consumer airline industry has gotten disrupted? So could we see Amazon try to reinvent? Yeah, the airline. Uh, the consumer airline. airline. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but Jeff seems focused on space. So. Space, yeah, that's where anyone's going to. They all want to go to space. What What are yours? You, I think I think he, they mo- could buy an, an Uber. I could see them doing something like that, like create that's crazy. Or the cargo thing is definitely. I think one thing that's interesting is will he put more into media. I think I'm sort of always looking at that. And then because I know so long ago, I remember his obsession with robotics and, and the seg, he always rode around on that damn Segway at the Ked conference and ran over my foot mm-hmm. once. And, you know, he loved all that robotic. He, he was sort of in, in, enamored with Dean Kamen and, and that kind of stuff. So 
I think the robotic stuff I'm very, and logistics is super interesting to me. Like I was just at the, they had me there because I said something sideways on CNBC and they had me up there to show them that they're very nice people. But, and it was cool. I have to say, I was really so impressed with their their facility at Kent. And But you started to see glimmers of where it was going in robotics that you don't need people at all. Like I kept thinking, oh, you don't, you replace. Although I have to say, I have nothing but regard for the boxers there. Um, you know, most of the stuff yep. is robotically. The stuff they're doing robotically is fascinating from every perspective. But but the people who packed, and they had this, they had all kinds of new systems they're testing out. And I really liked that about them. They were trying all kinds of new things. But these packers were frigging epic. They, the, how quickly they got in, how they had the right amount of tape. Of course, that's technology. But I thought I was so impressed with these packers, like how incredibly smart and fast and just efficient they were. That was that was kind of interesting. Is your point they're going to wipe them out though? <laughs> yes, it is. No, just- I don't know if they will, but I just it was. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good. I, he's got to be thinking about that. Like, is he going to wipe them out, or is he going to think of really interesting new ways for the workplace to change? I would like to know that. I bet if anyone could think of something like that, he. I think of all the people, he's the most thoughtful. And I think if he can think of ways that work could change, I would be fascinated by that from him. I'd, any ideas? I don't think of him as the Scrooge kind of personality, but he's not Willy Wonky either. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, Jason, this has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. You were doing an astonishing job on commerce. I recommend you all read Jason's pieces. His one on the uh, the lack of diversity at Amazon caught a lot of attention, as well it should have. But he does every day. He has another fascinating thing. And this is a company you're going to be spending a lot of time with, I think, going forward. Because... Indeed. Maybe he'll be president. What do you think? Will he run for office? Oh, man. I just can't get over that Jeff Bezos, like, now looks cool. Like, when I see the old photos. Fo- oh, the, the old muscle photos. thing? We didn't, I didn't bring up the muscles, did I? Whatever. Let's he save that. Good. Yeah, let's save that. He looks good. He looks good. I, 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 I'm good with that. I'm fine. I don't if even... I was that rich, I better look like a Hollywood actor. Are you kidding? I would be microdosing. I'd be having like like the most fresh food come in. I'd be like oh, everything. I would do everything. I would do, I'd do. I'd, I'd have a I'd blood have boy. I would do the I'd whole have... thing. <laughs> Why got you laughing? <laughs> you have what? I'd what have you? a f- fourteen pack instead of a yeah. one pack for abs. Yeah. I might even have people just carry me everywhere. I just would my feet would never touch the ground. Maybe. I thought that happened in, in on the West Coast already. Yeah. Yes, you. it does. No, just Eric Schmidt. Anyway, all right, if this episode if you like this week's episode, <laughs> let's move on from that. Make sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a review at iTunes.com slash too embarrassed to ask. When you subscribe, you'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday and catch up on previous episodes where I answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. I'm gonna have Jason on next time to talk about media and who they're going to pick as head of Amazon Studios, which will be interesting and stuff like that. But if you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can also subscribe on Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can listen to every episode at recode.net slash podcasts. And while you're there, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. Don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag too embarrassed or email them to too embarrassed at recode.net. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Jason. Thanks also to Cadence 13, the company that distributes this show, including Beth O'Connell and our editor, Chris Basil. And thank you to our producer, Eric Johnson. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions that you've been too embarrassed to ask. Tune in then.